on vacation. We didn't have the money to do it, so we, you know, we just keep working. And then the Lord really corrected us and said, you need to take time. And um, for me, uh, I know the way that I am, and I'm like just wound up and going all the time, and I don't realize it. I, I used to, I didn't feel like I was that way, but I guess I am and uh, or have been. And for me, I don't even start resting till like day four, you know, at least, like at a minimum. I, day, day one and two and three in a vacation, I'm like, I've got to do something. Got to, and I, there's work to do somewhere. Where, where's the work to do, you know? And i got to, like, make myself stop, you know, make myself stop, stop thinking, stop, you know, like, you know, day one, two, and three, I don't have to do something active here. And it's like all of the team's message lines, like, blow up because Pastor's like, okay, now now that I'm sitting still, here's what we need to do. You know, and uh, I need to not try to not do that, but um, you know, it takes me a few days to just start resting. And uh, so we started, you know, going on vacations more often, you know, each year and stuff like that. And um, this year, I just didn't have much leading at first. We we try to take it a couple of times a year: one with the family, and one with just Nicole and I. Uh, and that way we can just sow into each other our time and, and not be loud. And Luke took the dogs outside yesterday, and I'm like, do you hear that? She said, you mean the peace and quiet? I said, exactly. Like, this is amazing. Because before that, it had been like, <laughs> body flip over the couch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm trying to read. I'm trying to study. He went outside. Can I go out with, outside with the dogs? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> he closes the door, and it's like, ah. I heard angels singing. I felt the glory of the Lord come into the place. <laughs> it was like, this is amazing. And uh, I was like, man, we need this more often. We need a vacation. And, uh, but we'll go and have vacation, and um, this year, I did, we went to the mountains with the family, and then uh, when it came time for us to go, I just didn't have a place in mind. I wanted to go some, I always want to go somewhere peaceful. I don't want to go where people are. Um, I see people all the time. I see y'all all the time. I, I talk with y'all all the time, and when I go on vacation, I don't want to talk to y'all. I just, I love you, but I don't want to talk to you, you know. I want, I want to vacate and uh, don't want to talk. And uh, I talk, talk, talk a lot. And um, anyway, I want to go peaceful place. And so the Lord said this. The Lord said, I asked him, and I was praying about it because I think it's important. He said, go to a place you've never been before. I was like, okay. So I was looking on, you know, PRBO and what's the other one? Airbnb. I was looking on those places trying to find some place. And um, so up popped Atlantic Beach. Anybody here? I said Atlantic City when I was there. Atlantic Beach. And uh, I was like, Atlantic Beach, North Carolina? I don't even know where that is. Like, that's, that's a place we've not been before because I don't even know where it is. And uh, it just, I had a piece on it. I was like, that's, that's the place. I, I mean, I looked at several other places, but I was like, no, 
my heart and my peace was just stacked on that. And I said, that's the place. So we, and then the Lord, because a lot of times I will schedule, and I, and I recommend this, is planted in the house of the Lord, you flourish in the courts of heaven, Psalm 92, 13. And so I don't miss church. I don't miss our planting in this place. Like, I don't miss that, even though I'm the pastor. We did that before I was pastor because I recognized that principle. And so normally, when we schedule to go out of town, we, I will generally leave, and you'll, you'll watch. I'll be preaching if i got to go somewhere. I schedule it so I'm here, we're, we're here where we're planted, and then I leave Sunday afternoon, right? But this time, and that's not always, but this, this time definitely wasn't that. He said, I want you to go, and I want you to have a whole week, you know, basically from Saturday to Saturday. So we left on Saturday. And I got down there, and the word says, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. And so I take that seriously. And I got, we got there on Saturday, and she was like, she was like nervous. Like I had, to, I had to pray for her to get free of condemnation, you know, like, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Because she was like, we can't miss church. We can't, oh, oh. We, we can't miss, you know. I was like, and I said, it's okay. The Lord told us to be here, you know. And um, so, anyway, it's like, be free. And uh, so then, then I said, Lord, where do, where do you want us to go? And I put in, like, Pentecostal churches in the area and everything. And uh, there were several that popped up and several that looked really denominational and several that looked really religious. And, and then one church, and as soon as I saw it, I went, that's the place right there. I don't know why, but that's it. The Holy Ghost was leading me, and I was like, that's where we're supposed to go. So we step in, we walk in church that morning, and uh, you can tell that it's a young church, and what had happened was actually the church that was there before had had trouble, and two years ago, a young pastor stepped into his first uh, pastoring position, senior pastor role, and uh, his name's Zach, and his wife's Danielle. And uh, they'll be here at Kickstart. And, uh, yeah, you'll like them. They're going to get blasted. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And uh, it's going to be such a great week. They're, everybody's going to receive. But I've already seen it in the spirit. They're just going to get wrecked in the Holy Ghost. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, they had um, they had basically walked. They had, we walked in and we sat down and watched and, he preached a long time, and I was like, well, we're used to this. And um, I thought that was more funny than that. Um, <laughs> I thought that was a decent joke. If the Lord doesn't help me be funny, I'm not funny. Like, I'll be. Huh? That's funny. So, anyway, we walked in, and I was like, like, I had a bit of terror seized me because I thought, oh my gosh, that's me 13 years ago. Like, that's me. I was like, that's like little Brian. Like, I, I remember that guy. That's angry pastor. That's angry preacher a little bit. But he wasn't like super angry, but I, I remember that feeling when you're hungry for the things of God and you're so frustrated because there's almost nobody in leadership that's hungry. There's almost, you know, and you're trying to gather some people that are hungry, and those are hard to find. You, you guys are hard to find. 
sometimes. It shouldn't be that hard to find, but you're hungry, you're humble, you're growing, and that's not in everybody. And sometimes it takes some time to find that. And two years in, I know in two years in, we hadn't found those people, not fully. And uh, but, and so I watched them, and and I was sitting there like it. it legitimately affected me because I was sitting there I really felt like I was looking at my my younger self and I was like my heart was for this guy you know it was like this is something the Lord's doing he picked this place this church at this time and the the pastor Zach he was a marine so I was like we got that going for us and then um new caddyshack thing and uh, so, and then, yeah, and then we're both pastor's kids, so we got that going for us. No Caddyshack fans, jeez, jeez, yeah. Don't watch it, it's not a good movie to watch, but I did one time when I was younger and a heathen, you know, so everybody wants to go find out what I'm talking about now. So it's a, it was a great line a great comedic line, but um, the fact that I'm having to explain this joke is bad. It's horrible. Horrible. Anyway. So then, Nicole and I felt led to sow into their life, so we just gave them, gave in to them, and uh, then we asked them, we said, hey, let's go to dinner. And uh, they said, God, that was kind of strange. You know, you just walked in here the first day, and now you want to go eat? And uh, you want to take us to eat, and you just gave us money. And his wife said, I think we should do it. And what we didn't know is they have they have adopted two kids in addition to their other two kids, and they had not had, like, babysitting and go out to eat in a long time, so this was really rare. But they show up to the restaurant, and uh, they had told us, like, we might have all of our kids with us. But they show up, and it's just them. They said, we found the babysitter, so the Lord helped. And uh, we sat there and talked for, like, three to four hours and just talked and had a great time and one of the major things that he said was I'm he said the Lord keeps speaking to me infrastructure and I need um, he said and I don't know everything what that means I don't know what that means exactly I just know he keeps speaking it to me keeps speaking to me I said that's really funny because for the last eight years I've been studying organizational infrastructure and leadership and been applying it. He was like, what? I was like, so you can see the Lord connecting these dots. You know, it's really awesome to see that. And uh, then, of course, he and I speak the same language and everything. And then there was multiple things that he said during this message, and I was sitting there like, mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's in the Bible like that. Like, okay, that's in the Bible, but it might be out of context. Several little things. So over the past few months, uh, they right after we left, they had a, a kind of a meltdown in one of their people, that, and uh, we've gone through that multiple times and know how to handle it, and they asked for some advice, and we were just praying for them, and uh, man, they, started, they just started having such an honor for the word, and I'd say, you know, about this, what you just said here, you know, here's this, you might want to look at that. Next time I talk to them, they're like, I, we've changed it. We've changed our doctrine because that's what the word says. They just change it like that, that humility to change. And uh, I mean just eating it up. We were on the phone with them like every other day uh, when we had the ELT advance planning for this year. 
uh, our whole team got on the phone with them because they wanted to do the leadership training. And uh, man, by the end of it, our team's like just releasing the anointing of the Holy Ghost into them. And they're sitting there and they're just like boo-hoo crying. And it was supposed to be a 30-minute phone call. It was like two, two and a half hours. And uh, just, I mean, just awesome. Just an awesome couple, an awesome church, and we get to play a part, you know. And it was just so awesome. So he asked me uh, to come down and do the leadership training and, uh, and then preach on Sunday morning. So that's what we did last week. Uh, uh, the funny part was, you know, anybody notice it snowed Friday night? Well, it was much worse on our track that we had to drive through Raleigh. So we drove like three hours through. People were sliding off the highway, and we're just like, mm, keep going. And uh, but then, so, you know, we're wondering Saturday morning, is anybody even going to be there? But right where we got there, the ice wasn't on the road, so that was good. And I had a great meeting. The anointing of God showed up. I'm telling you, Sunday morning, there was two people left in the seat. Everybody else came to the altar. Two people got baptized uh, just spontaneously. I mean, it was just awesome. And uh, so it was really, really good. And then uh, the power of God was hitting them. One young guy, that was what Barrett mentioned earlier, you couldn't hear, but there was one young guy. And uh, all of a sudden, this young guy, he came up there, I'm praying for him. I noticed he got weak, you know, weak in the knees. And then all of a sudden, he went out, and uh, we went out to lunch afterwards. I said, what, what happened? And uh, he said, I don't even know. He said, I felt tingly in my knees. Next thing, I woke up on the floor, and my heart was in my face. <laughs> he was like, I was, it was so hot. And I was like, that's the anointing, <laughs> you know. And uh, it was just awesome. Like, it just really blessed them. And so y'all get to meet them. But that's what we were doing. But here's what I want you to see about that. Y'all were there with me. Y'all were with us in everything that we were doing. Y'all were with us. And uh, so it was just awesome. And uh, y'all were with us in that. And um, everything that you sow into, you just sowed into a whole church, a whole congregation where you've grown and given yourself and, and sown your life, you just gave in to them as well. And it was a great, great weekend. And so thank you guys for handling it last week. And were you blessed by the message last week? Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's turn to John 10.10. 10. Sorry if you thought that was the message. Didn't mean to trick you. Hope you're not disappointed. If you are, Nicole said, get over it. That's her, not me. Don't, don't get mad at me. I'm just repeating. I'm just the messenger. Kind of in the mood today. I feel like I'm home. I can say what I want to, you know. You go somewhere, you kind of got to like straighten up, you know, but... John 10.10, the thief in the Amplified, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to do one of three things, steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus in 1 John 3.8 says the Son of God was manifested for this reason, to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy the works of the enemy. So one of the things that we should take on us is that our job is not to take the devil stealing, killing, and destroying. But our job is to destroy his, his destroying, to destroy his works. Take ground from him, but definitely don't put up with it. Don't put up with it. One of my favorite 
things I ever saw uh, was Jonathan Shellsworth's Twitter account when I first was getting to know him. He says, I cause problems for the devil professionally, right? I like that. I was like, I like this guy right now, you know, and, uh, and we should. That should be every believer. I cause problems for the devil. He didn't cause problems for me. I cause problems for, for him. He's, God's always leading me to triumph. I'll never face anything that without God I can't handle because God is faithful who will not allow me to be tempted beyond what we are able, right? Never, never. And so the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. To the full Till it overflows. Amen. Sherman, will you help out there? And uh, now we've been talking about the two parts of life. The two parts of life. And uh, the two parts of life is part one, what? Receive the love of God. Part two, give that love back to God. All right, the two parts of life. Receive love, receive first, receive first. You got a problem? Receive first. Receive first. Don't try to solve the problem first. Solve the problem by receiving first. Receive first. Two, give love. We give that love. We give that love back to God. Now, the problem is what I call the list, okay? Uh, I need... I need a solution to a problem. I need healing. I need finances. I need my lack to go away. I need restoration. I need deliverance from this thing. I need help. I need wisdom. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. Uh, you face something in this corrupted world. It's not unnatural to have issues to overcome. It's unnatural for a Christian to be overcome by them. In this corrupted world, it's not unnatural to have issues to overcome. It's unnatural for a Christian to not overcome it. That's the unnatural. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We are winners. We run the, the race to win. We run the race, the waste to win. I know. We run the waste to win, all right? Great meme. We run the race to win. So the problem is the list. I need healing. I need, I need this fixed. So I'm going to pay with a list of things. I'm going to give holiness. I'm going to pay holiness. I'm going to pay scripture reading. I'm going to pay my prayer time. I'm going to pay my faith. There's four major problems with this thinking. Jesus already paid. Jesus already paid. He already paid. Second, we don't receive by making a payment. We receive by faith. Not by a payment. We receive by faith, right? We receive by faith, not a payment. Third problem, we should already be doing these things because of love. In other words, we should already be doing these things because of love. In other, I shouldn't be up in my payments on something I should already be giving, right? We're, why, why is it I'm having to up it to solve a problem? I should already be giving these things to God through love, right? The fourth thing is, when we think this way in this payment mindset, 
then it produces what I call the list. And it's like this list of stuff we have to do to get done what we need done. You know, I got to go to church. I got I, I to gotta read a certain amount of time each day. I got to, you know, read through the Bible in a year. And Oh, by the way, speaking of that, um, we just started a plan yesterday with the family. If anybody would like to join in, you can. On the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, we started yesterday. Just search for Boomerang Church. And I can, I'll send the link out, actually. And uh, you can just say, I want to read along with you. You're only one day behind. That'll take you an extra 15 minutes. And uh, what we're going to do is just, it reads through the Old Testament and the New Testament and Psalms or Proverbs each day. It takes about 15 minutes a day, and in a year you'll read through the Bible. The Lord's been bringing that up to me about us uh, anyway. And then yesterday I felt like I was supposed to start that. And uh, so we'll send that link out. That plan's sitting right there. Uh, for you. I'll get that to you. Just remind me right after service. We'll send it out on the boomerang line. If you would like to do that, just feel free to join in with us. And so a lot of times we, when we get to the list, we think this list is what's going to produce my solution. No, it, it's not the list that produces the solution. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. The love of God's what produces the solution, not the list. It's the love of God. Right, And so one of the things that we see is in the two parts of life, we receive love from God. If the love of God is the solution bringer, how do you get the love of God? By paying for it? Did you ever pay for Jesus to come here? No. He, he paid for it. We receive it. We receive it. We don't, we don't pay for it. We receive it. So we receive the love from God by faith not as a payment. We give love, so part one, receive, part two, give. We give love to God by love. See, our giving back to God doesn't come out of our, our means. It comes out of our love for God, right? Our love for God. I, in other words, now when I receive the love of God, out of that love, I can now give that love back to God. But if I'm trying to do it without having received his love that empowers me in the first place, I'm going to be short-handed. I'm always going to be lacking. Think about this. Without the love of God supplying love to give back to him, when are you ever going to have enough to make the full payment? Can you see how we get... It's a trap. It's a trap. You got that one? Praise God. It's a trap. All right, so now... Who said do not speak to a treasure? <laughs> Don't watch that movie either. All right. He says, we give love to God by love. So his love comes first. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved God. We, because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. So his love comes first. The reception of his love comes first, right? Then God's love then empowers our repentance and change. Romans 2, 4, he says at the end of the verse, don't you know that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance? In other words, it's his love that causes our brain to shift, right? It's his love that causes our heart to change. 
It's His goodness and His love. So a lot of times we're trying to get our thinking to line up right with God by paying something, not realizing that if we'll just receive, that love will help us turn our thinking. We just need to get receiving by faith, not by making a payment. So when we go to give love back to God, we first receive His love that empowers us to give. His love then changes our thinking and then our love from Him is what empowers our right living. Have you ever wanted to do what's right and you just kept on doing what's not right? You know, anybody ever found themselves in those situations besides me? Like if I, I, I don't have enough hands, fingers, and toes to say how many times I've been in that position, you know? Anybody, but see, part of the issue was I kept trying to pay a payment to get that stuff right. Oh, I can't believe I messed this up again. I'm going to have to be extra diligent next time and really be on my spiritual toes so that I make a payment. That's not God's system. That's not His system. Look, look at this verse, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now watch this. But how can I love him? Can I love him without having received his love first? No. So if I'm trying to make a payment, but I haven't received his love, I don't have love to give back. So I'm out of order. I'm out of balance. I'm putting the cart before the horse. It doesn't work like that. Instead of pulling the spaghetti noodle, I'm pushing the spaghetti noodle. It just bunches up in a mess. Silly spaghetti noodle. I'm in such a mood with y'all today. <laughs> I hope you love me. You know, if you don't, you might be having trouble with this message. <laughs> if you love me, you will keep my commandments, he said. So watch this. When we, how do we love him? We receive his love. So when we receive his love, he empowers us to love, and that love then empowers us to keep the commandments. A lot of times when somebody's trying so hard to do what's right and they're failing at it, it's because they haven't received his love by faith. And so they're trying to empower this right living that's only empowered by his love. And so if we would just, instead of like, God, I'm trying to figure it all out, instead of doing that, we'd just say, God, you already got it all figured out. Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you for your help. I ask you for your love. And in the name of Jesus, I believe that I have received. And now that you give his love access to you, his love comes in and we love him back because he first loved us, right? And then, then you see this. So his, our love from him empowers our right living. And then this, this beautiful, say it with me, beautiful. Thank you. John 15, 10 and 11. If, now see this progression, okay? Watch this. Receive love from God. His love then causes us to change our thinking. And then his love causes us to keep the commandments. And then this, this verse says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I've spoken to you, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. 
So what God wants to do is, have you ever been in a, like a sin cycle where it's like, I try to get out of the sin and it doesn't work and then I feel bad about myself then finally I repent and realize I need Jesus and then all of a sudden I go back to Jesus and I receive something but I don't. I start trying to make a payment again and so then I fall back into sin then I feel bad and I'm condemned and then I, then I realize I can't stay here forever and so I go back to Jesus and I receive again but then I try to do it on my own again and, and now it doesn't work and then all of a sudden I feel bad about it and then, and then I get over that and I go back to God. Anybody ever been there before? Besides me, like it, I, I can tell you the steps. I've got them memorized from experience. But see, that's a worldly cycle. God wants to get us in a, in a godly cycle. And the godly cycle looks like this. I receive love from God. His love changes my thinking. His love empowers keeping His commandments. And as I keep His commandments, He keeps me abiding in His love. And so now the cycle is just all in his love and the more that I apply that cycle, the deeper into that cycle I get and the bigger his love gets and the bigger the love I give to him gets and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. So instead of being in this perpetual sin cycle, I'm in a perpetual cycle of God's love and empowerment. God's laid it out. What a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. Beautiful. So, you know, we a lot of times have thought, what would Jesus do? But uh, essentially in that, that's not a bad thing. To, it's not a bad thing to ask, but the issue is, it is what is, the problem is that just makes us a list, right? So instead of thinking, what would Jesus do? A better question is, is this action or thought that I'm about to do, is that loving on Christ? And that thought actually is rooted in the cycle of God's love, whereas making a list is rooted in the cycle of sin, right? Because it's moving back to the legalism and it's not receiving by faith, it's receiving by payment. So instead of coming up with the list, I just say, is this loving on God because I want to love on God? I want to love on Him. What would Jesus do drives most people just make a list without focusing on why, which then moves them out of love. So to stop this whole process, we got to get very good at reception, at receiving his love. You notice the first thing the devil does when you actually have an issue and a problem is he tries to make you feel bad so you won't go to God and receive from him. One of the first things he does tells you how bad you are. You'll never change. You just, you just don't got this. Everybody at church is holy but not you. That ain't so. That a lie. That's a lie. Everybody at church is holy in their spirit, man. But their flesh still got some work to do. I promise you that. Including me. Including me. Because I still got a flesh that likes to try and tempt me just like you got a flesh that likes to try and tempt you. Now the better we are at telling that flesh no, empowered by his love, the easier this whole process is. But don't let the devil lie to you and just tell you that you're the only sinner in the whole bunch. You're the only one. You're the only, I'm not talking about the real you, the spirit man. I'm talking about how he makes you feel in condemnation. Don't let him condemn you thinking you're the only one who has a, thin, a sinful thought. A sinful thought cross your mind. What is up today? It's real. I know I'm not even trying 
don't, don't let him make you think you are the only one that a temptation hits your head. And, and this is something that's really come out recently in multiple people is that, that just because you have a sinful thought or a temptation go through your brain, that doesn't make you a sinner. Remember this. What did Jesus say and in Mark 11 when he's talking about faith? He said, and don't doubt in your heart. A thought running through your head is not a doubt in your heart. It's a doubt in your head. In other words, don't meditate on that doubt to the point where that doubt now sinks to your heart, to the core of your being. But see, what the devil does is he'll throw a, a tempting thought or a sinful thought or an unfaithful or a doubting thought at you, and then he's like, you're a doubter, you're a sinner, you're condemned. You know, and he like makes this big deal over it. And don't fall for that. That's a deception. That's not who you are. It's just your flesh in a, corrupt, a corrupted flesh in a corrupted world with a corrupted devil trying to get you to think you're not worthy of receiving his love. Whereas, if we would just go, no, that's not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, which gives me a right to turn to my Father right now and receive love from Him. Be gone, little peasant devil. Off with thyself. I mean, get King James on them, you know. I hit a joke everybody laughed at. That's good. I feel better about myself. I won't condemn myself in crying and tears this afternoon. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. I liked it myself. <laughs> so to stop this whole process of making a payment, we got to start receiving. If the devil wanted to stop his, the people of God from being empowered, he just needs to stop their reception. To start God's process, we must start and stay in reception. And I want you to see this. All of his reception is free and easy and light to do. It's the devil and our corrupted flesh and our corrupted thinking that makes it seem like it's hard. How many, uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many people have kind of been in a jam and you know you're in a jam spiritually and, and like you're just struggling with some stuff? And, and then all of a sudden, like, what you actually need to do is go get into the presence of your loving Father. But that's the last thing you feel like doing. Like, I don't even want to talk to him right now. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. I'm not worthy of his love. That's a lie. You are worthy of his love because God saw everything that you would ever do, and that's when he decided to come and give his life for you. But see, that's a lie from the devil. Don't let that stuff happen. We got this little thing for the uh, dogs, the ball launcher. You know, you drop the ball in the hopper, and it rolls around, goes down, hits a little switch, and then it goes, and shoots the ball out, right? And, uh, well, Harley's never seen it before. And so, he decides he's going to stick his nose in the launcher. It hurt my dog. Don't laugh, buddy. <laughs> I laughed. But it was, 
I was like, he won't do that again. He put his nose in the launcher, and that thing went, pow! He went, I mean, and that, and so then, you know, Noel drops the ball in there again. He goes, like that. He goes, like, and he came up to me, like, I mean, he crawled. We did it again yesterday uh, because we're trying to teach him it's not bad. You just don't put your nose in there. And uh, so, I mean, he was cowered at the top of the stairs in the corner. Like, oh, God, that noise, that noise. It's going to bite me again, you know. And, uh, but when he, when he did that, like, have the sense of a dog, right? But not to stick your nose in there. But when he got hurt, he ran straight to me. And he like climbed up like, Daddy, it bit me. It bit me, Dad. It bit me. And I mean like he was like pressing. He, he was like pressing as much as he can, you know, like this. He was just pressing, pressing, pressing. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, come here, come here. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, I was making fun of him. But that's because I got a corrupted flesh. God wouldn't do that, though. <laughs> But it was like, I was like, what happened? <laughs> it's like, oh. You know, he's all flipping out. He's trying to, he like wants protection, right? Why is it that we run away from our protection? Why is it we run away from love when we mess up? And Hebrews 4 says, if, if we mess up, come boldly before the throne of grace to find help. Not, not find punishment, to find help. And so when we don't feel like, like it because we messed up, that's when we go after God the strongest. That's when we go after Him the strongest. Or I should say, that's when we go after Him like we should. We should just always be going after Him, you know. But we need to do like what Harley did, you know, and just came and he's like, Daddy, protect me, protect me. And, and the thing is that we think that we, we really have thought that we're just a sinner and that we don't deserve that. That's a lie from the devil. Because Romans 5 says when we were sinners and helpless and even enemies of God, that's when Jesus died for us. Not when we had it all figured out. I remember one time I was so condemned because I was, I was wrestling with this call of God on my life and I, did, I really wanted to have a call of God on my life and I really wanted to be pleasing in his sight, and I wanted to preach and everything. But my dad had said multiple times that you had to be perfect to be in the pulpit. And I knew I wasn't perfect. And so I was scared. You know, I was scared. Because I took what he said, and I made it kind of like truth to myself, but it wasn't. And I was scared because I'd get close to ministry, and I'd remember, I'm not perfect. And I'd get scared and back away. And, and then I'd, I'd get feel bad. It's that same cycle. I'd feel bad. I was like, no, nah, I don't need to do this. He's called me to preach. And so I'd start getting better, and I'd get close to entering into ministry. Then I'd be like, oh, I'm not perfect. And I'd, and I'd back away. And, I, and so because of that, it's like my life looked like this. Go into the world and party, then go be Holy Ghost. Or, or, go be Holy Ghost, go into the world and party. Oh, I can't do this. I'm called. Go be Holy Ghost, and then, then go party, you know. And then go be Holy Ghost. And like after multiple times of doing that, like I just felt like a piece of trash. I just felt horrible. 
last thing I wanted to do was go before the Lord. I was like, I know better than this. And I finally, I really started to understand like what Paul said in Romans 7, oh, wretched man that I am, you know. The thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I do. And, and so now what's interesting there is you understand that out of the spirit man, he's saying the right thing to do. That's the real him. But the issue was when we pay more attention to the flesh than we do the, the righteousness of God that we're created, the new creation that God's called us to be, then we will, we will uh, respond more to the f- corrupted flesh man than we will to the righteous new creation. So here we are, and I was running, and the Lord said, you're scared. Well, I'd been working on, on fear and I, I really didn't feel like I was scared of anything. I'd really been working on it for some time. But he said, you're scared. And I said, of what? He said, you're scared of the responsibility of ministry. And it's like he nailed it, you know. He put his finger right on that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I am scared of that. I didn't know it till you just said it, but I recognize it now. Like you just spoke truth into my life. And it set me free instantaneously. Like I, I realized that was, that's a fear. And that fear was causing me to run away from the calling of God. And then he said this. He said, he said, if you had to be perfect to be in the pulpit, now this doesn't mean that it gives us a right to sin, but it means if you find yourself and figure out that you haven't been perfect in your life, then turn to God. But he said, if you had to be perfect to be in the pulpit, he said, who would preach? That's a great point, God. Nobody. He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, so that doesn't even make sense. Doesn't make logical sense. And I realized that all of that fear was hinged on that. He just broke open that bondage of wrong doctrine in my thinking. And then he said this, and this just, this, oh man. You talk about something that just hits you like a ton of bricks. I was like boo-hoo, snot, flying, crying, you know. And here's what he said. He said, now the interesting thing is, I saw all of this up and down that you would do. Go after me, Holy Ghost, people talking about you. Six months later, you're playing cards all night, smoking cigarettes and drinking with your friends. Y'all didn't didn't think I went through that stuff too? I did. But when I got this revelation, it all changed. He said, I saw all that. He said, I saw all that. The issue is don't do it as long as I'm telling you so that you don't do it as long as I did. Because it went on for years. Put her through the ringer with all that garbage and trash and she's praying for me. And she'll tell you she wasn't perfect in it either. But he said, I saw all of that stuff that you would do. The wavering, the up and down and all this. He said, but let me tell you something. He said, I knew, I knew you were going to do that. And I still don't. See, he, he saw beyond my junk. He saw beyond that. He said, you're still working. He, he saw beyond all of that and said, I saw all your sin. I saw all your trash. I saw all your mess ups. And I still loved you. If you'll just come boldly before my throne and by faith believe in my goodness and my heart towards you, you can receive that love and that love will empower you to walk like that. You will receive. Just receive the freedom of that right now. Close your eyes right now and just lift your hands if you need to. Lord, I receive no matter where I've been or what I've done. You saw all of my mess 
and you still chose to die. Do we really have an understanding of the greatness of his compassion and love towards us? We haven't. He's so good. He's so mighty. And when we feel the worst, when we feel the worst, that's when we need to go after him. That's when we need to run to the throne of grace and receive from him. Just receive right now. Lord, we just receive your grace. We receive your mercy. We receive your peace. We praise you and worship you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Are you receiving? You don't have to feel perfect to receive. Matter of fact, when you don't feel perfect, that's when we need to receive. That's when we need to learn how to do it. Amen. So, to wrap up, let me give you these points. In order to start this whole process and stay in this cycle of God's love, in order to start that and stay in that cycle, we got to become very good receivers. Because if we're not good receivers, then we don't enter that process and we don't have the tools that we need to go forward. We need to be good receivers. Good receivers. And the devil knows that too. He wants to keep you out of, out of reception. That's why he'll tell you you're such a piece of trash. It's not that you are. It's just he's playing on your mind. He's playing on your emotions. He's trying to get you to think you're not worthy of the love that faith will deposit. That's all he's doing. He's trying to get you to think you're not worthy to receive God's love. Because he knows if he can stop the reception of God's love in our life, you know, not just have it one day at an altar, but he can stop that reception every day, he can stop you being empowered to destroy his work. So he's trying to preserve himself by stopping you from receiving his love. But all of that's a lie because what can separate us from the love of God? Romans 8. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God except to not receive it because we have that choice. God put that choice in our hands. So see, the devil trying to get you to feel like you're trash so that you won't receive. And all of a sudden, it stops the whole process of the supernatural in our life. So if we learn to be good receivers, oh man, we got the devil by the tail. Amen? We got the devil by the tail. He's not as big and strong as he puts on. I always think about him like the old Tom and Jerry cartoon where Jerry stands in front of the flashlight and projects his shadow up on the wall and Jerry's like this tall now, but you look back and he's just over here in the corner with the flashlight. That's the devil, as a roaring lion, right? But that's not really who he is. The Bible even tells us at the end of the age, he'll be presented in front of everybody, and the people will gasp. Is this the one that caused so much trouble? In other words, how in the world did we fall for that? See, if we get a hold of that early, we can, we can do some things, right? It's not as big and hard as the devil's made it out to be. Actually, it's easy and light. The Bible says this momentary light affliction. See, it, that weight is determined in our head. And if we learn how to look at the word and see the easy and lightness of it, we'll stop carrying the heavy burdens. We'll carry what people call heavy burdens, but they won't be heavy to us. 
we got to get revelation of it. But we got to get in position to receive. I, I wrote down four different areas of receiving, receiving four, four different areas, spiritually, mentally, physically, and faithfully. Spiritually, we got to be positioned to receive spiritually. We got to be positioned to receive mentally. We have to be positioned to receive physically, and we have to be positioned to receive in faith. And the first thing is spiritually. Here's we got think about this. Can you receive if you're not in fellowship with God? No. So what's the very first thing that Jesus handled in our salvation? He became the doorway so that we could step into fellowship with God. Because if you're in the presence of God, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. You know why there's fullness of joy? Ain't no problem. His glory just starts solving stuff. If we can stay in His presence, problems melt. You see? The issue is we've not been in His presence. We, we've really not stayed in His presence. We've really... Anybody ever, you come to church on Sunday and, and in the middle of the service and as you're leaving you just feel light? You're just like, I feel better about myself, you know? Anybody that's like kind of the cares melt away after all of that? But see, that's, that's what we're supposed to walk in all the time. That's what we're supposed to walk in all the time. And we can walk in that all the time, carrying the presence of God with us everywhere we go. That's why I say if you ever feel like it's not easy and light, it's a symptom that something's off. Because it's the presence of God. If I'm staying in the presence of God, it's always going to be easy and light. Because even when the hardest problem comes up to me, I'll be like, there's nothing to God. And he's with me. He's right here with me. And the presence of God starts to solve stuff. So one of the first steps of receiving is having fellowship, having that intimate fellowship. Acts 17, 28, in him we live and move and have our being. Where? In him. In him. In fellowship. So Jesus provided the doorway for us to be in fellowship with the Father again. That was the very first thing that was handled. Why? Because we needed that fellowship to start the reception. We needed that fellowship. And in that fellowship, the way that he opened up the door was through righteousness. And so we see that in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21, that we were made the righteousness of God in Christ. He made us a completely new creation. So he took us, he said, he took us out of this, this corrupted world and out of this place of sin. And he said, now, when you believe on me by faith and confess me as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you will be made righteous, and through that righteousness you will be saved because that right, righteousness will give us right standing with God. And in that right standing, I have rights. The first right is to step into God's presence as his child, as his son, as his daughter. And in his presence, the grace of God is released, and salvation, we get saved from whatever it is we need saving from be it saved from sin or saved from sickness, in that presence. But we have to understand that we're made a completely new cre creation. We are righteous. And as we're made righteous, the place of reception is staying in that righteousness because in righteousness, transgressions are removed. And if see, think about this. If, if the presence of God is my answer, can I take sin into his presence? No, it's going to get burned up. He's holy. He is an all-consuming fire. 
So if, if I want to stay in God I'm, and I'm carrying sin, you know, oh, I'm just going to carry this sin flippantly into the presence of God. Ah, he's holy. And I'm burnt. You know, and we're done. That doesn't work like that. I got to carry righteousness in there. But Jesus has given us a way to do that. He says, when you believe on me, believe that God raised me from the dead, you get righteous. So that does away with the sinful man and I can step into the presence of God. That doesn't mean I don't still have a flesh that wants to make me feel and do things I shouldn't do. But the real me, that spirit man, the three parts man, if you, if you don't, I'm telling you, three parts man is an absolute key to understanding the word of God. One of the major keys. If you don't know it, grab that, grab that series out there and go over it over and over and over again until you get it and see it. Because it changes everything. And so you realize that the real you is made righteous, regardless of what this flesh man makes you feel like or do. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. That gives me rights and come into the presence of God. So in order for me to stay in the reception, I've got to stay in my righteousness. I've got to stay in the presence of God. If I find myself with any transgressions, I go to God, I repent, and 1 John 1 says this, that if I come and I confess my sins, He is faithful and just to remove all transgressions, every one of them. So God's given us a way, even if after we come to know Him, we find that we listen to our corrupted flesh and sin, we can, we can walk right back into the presence of God by dealing with those transgressions. But how is it? By, by putting them down through the list? No, by receiving by faith. Lord, I believe I confess this sin to you, and I believe right now that by faith, the blood of Jesus has washed away every transgression. Every one of them. Every one. And now I am walking in that righteousness again and I can step into your presence and walk in it. See, that's when he says, come boldly before the throne. You're not coming bold. You're coming before the throne when you need help in Hebrews 4. But you're not coming in as that sinful man. You're coming in as a son who needs help. Lord, I need, I'm coming boldly before the throne in faith that you're not going to burn me up, but this thing that I messed up on, I'm going to give it to you and you're going to wipe it away by the blood of Christ and by his payment and give me the love and the help that I need. Not when I got it all together, when I got it all wrong. And I know I have a right to it because I'm your child. And so all of a sudden we come before the throne we get, the, we get that stuff removed and we get made right, put back into fellowship again and I can step fully into his presence and stay there. See, it's just when I sin, I step myself out of his presence. I can still come before the throne, but in order to step into his presence, I've got to do away with all the transgressions because I can't take sin into his presence, into the fullness of his presence. I can come before the throne. He's given us a way to deal with it and to stay in that cycle of the manifestation of his love. And then that sin is removed. Another thing, spiritually, to stay ready for reception, 
We have to stay, first of all, to be spiritually receiving, positioned to receive. We have to, first of all, be in fellowship. Second of all, we have to be in righteousness. And if we're not, then we receive that by faith. Third thing is, we have to be positioned to receive spiritually with a clear conscience. With a clear conscience. That clear conscience is needed for faith. So think about this. If my conscience isn't clear and I receive His love by faith, but faith won't work because of an unclear conscience, then I'm not in a position to receive. So that means the first thing that I need to do is make sure that I have a clear conscience when I'm going before God, which means I need to confess anything. I need to get rid of that, and He is faithful and just to remove all transgressions. So I've got to keep my conscience clear. So think about this. The devil, here's what the devil does. Sometimes people hadn't even sinned. He just throws a thought of sin or a thought of doubt into their head and now they think they're a sinner because the thought passed through their head. Now they condemn themselves in their own conscience and their faith won't work to receive. And they didn't even sin, they just had the thought from a demon passing by, throw it in their head. Or their flesh, whose father is the devil, a corrupted flesh, throws the thought in their head and now all of a sudden they're condemned, they don't have a clear conscience, they're wondering why their faith doesn't work. You got to know who you are. You got to know the three parts of man. You got to quit letting the devil pull the wool over our eyes. You were made a completely new creation. The real you, made in the image and likeness of God. You are made the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are. And if you have not denied Christ, then you are still that. You're still that. Even when you got sin trying to come up in your life, you are still made in the image and likeness of God, and all you got to do is approach the throne, get rid of that stuff, you'll be right back in righteousness, right back in fellowship with God, right back in His presence where there's fullness of joy. Your conscience will be clear. But again, how many times do you feel like doing that in that moment? So see, we've got to get to the place to stay in reception so that in that moment, especially when we don't feel like approaching the throne, God, God gave us a command. Come boldly. And that doesn't mean that you don't have questions and you don't have feelings. It says regardless of the feelings, regardless of the questions, come boldly. Lord, I don't know what we're going to do here, but I need help. Right? I got doubts, I got questions, I feel like a sinner, but I'm here. See, if we'll just do that, who we are in the spirit, a son, a daughter of God Most High. It's, it's like when, when Harley came to me. He's the one who messed up, but what am I going to do? Like, no, I ain't helping you. No, I said, come here, buddy, come here. Loved on him. And that's just a corrupted man to a dog. What will God do to his child? to a son and daughter. Oh, he's going to pick you up. He's going to hug you. going to pour out the love on you. Why, why do we stay away from the very one who loves us? How crazy is that for us to listen to a thief, a murderer, and a destroyer over the Lord who loves us and stay away from the throne of God when we need it the most? That's just crazy. Let's stop. Look to, look to your neighbor and just say, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy. Uh, this is not the time for you to get out what you've been wanting to say all week to your spouse now. I was talking about don't be crazy 
about believing the devil. Position to receive. We got to be positioned to receive spiritually in fellowship, in righteousness, in a clear conscience, in forgiveness. If we don't forgive, you go back to Mark 11. It says you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, don't doubt in your heart. But then it says, and as you stand, forgive. Forgive. In other words, the context is if I don't forgive, my faith's not going to work. We got to stay in that place of forgiveness. We can't move away from forgiveness. We were talking about this week, in order for offense and unforgiveness to hang on us, we you think God has offense you think Jesus has offense on him or forgiveness on him? No way. See, it just fall off of him. How come it doesn't fall off of us? How come it doesn't just fall off of us? Because we built the shelf to, to display it to the world. Oh, look at my unforgiveness. Did you know what this person did to me? And the other person like, how dare they? You want me to dust off that little trophy of unforgiveness for you? I can't believe they would do that to you. It's just the principle of the matter. I know. Y'all have never had those conversations. I get it, but this is for, you know, people that are watching online. We've got to build a shelf to hold a fence. If we just not build the shelf, it'll just fall right off because you're made in the image and likeness of God. But if we get an unforgiveness, all of this doesn't work. We jump out of the cycle of God's love. Now we're not receiving his love, and now the solutions aren't working. We must stay in that position to receive. And then we've got to stay positioned to receive spiritually in the knowledge of who we are in Christ. You gotta know who you are. You gotta you gotta know your worth. You gotta know your value. You gotta know, you know, he paid his life for you. And he said it was for everybody. I wish that every man would come to the saving knowledge of Christ. That means he paid for every person, every single one of us, he paid for. That means the price and the value of something is not set by the seller. The price and value of something set by the buyer. Because if the buyer doesn't want to pay it, that thing ain't never selling. You can say it's worth a million dollars, but it isn't until somebody pays a million dollars for it. So when Jesus said, you are worth my life, he set your value. He set your worth. And the devil can't do anything else to change that except to deceive you to think that you're not worth that. He, the buyer set, the payment paid, set your price. We got to know, if we're going to be positioned to receive, we got to know who we are in Christ. And who you are in Christ is the most valuable thing in the universe because that's the, that's the cost of Jesus' life. So for us to believe that we're not worth it, that we're not valuable, we're believing a lie because Jesus has already proven otherwise and already paid the price to prove it. You are valuable. You are made in his image and likeness. You are filled with his power. You are value, valuable and worthy because of Jesus. And 2 Corinthians, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing being positioned to receive in Christ, you can go through and, and search for all the places that says in him, in Christ. And that is going to define you. 
All of that's going to define you. Ephesians is a great book for that. But one of the things he says, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6, he says, he has made us able and adequate. You can face whatever comes in front of you. He set this principle up in, in Joshua. He said, everywhere you go, every place you put your foot, that ground I've given to you. He said, he said every man that comes in front of you, I've given you the ability to face that man. No man will be able to stand in front of you. You are able and adequate, and that translates us today. You will not face a situation that you and God can't handle. You won't face it. Why? Because God's made you valuable. He deposited you, once made righteous, in Him. In Him we live and move and have our being as He is. So are we in this world. So in order to stay in the cycle of God's love, we've got to be positioned to receive. And if we're going to be positioned to receive, we have to be spiritually positioned. And I'll repeat them one more time. In fellowship, in righteousness, in a clear conscience, in forgiveness, and in the knowledge of who you are in Christ. Without walking in these things, we will not walk and be positioned to receive. We won't, we won't be positioned to receive. And so then, when we need love to solve things, it just won't work because we're not positioned to receive. It's time for us to be positioned to receive and never leave that. I just want you to close your eyes right now. Today, today is really a reflective day. Lord, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be deceived by this devilish thinking and doctrine anymore. Think about that. How many messages and feelings that you felt all of your life did I just crush with the Word of God today? Things you thought and lived by for years and even heard preached, but it wasn't the Bible. But the freedom of Christ longs to come and reign in your life. The reception of his love longs to, to flow and to pour out in you, starting this day forevermore. The reception of God's love and all of his solutions, it's ready to move, it's ready to go in you. You are able and adequate, made in his image and likeness. He paid for. He didn't hold back. He paid for. He paid for. It's already done as a payment, but he made the payment. It's up to us just to receive. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel, Lord, we receive today. We receive. I don't know what it is that you may have uh, that you might be presenting itself in front of you as an issue. But whatever that thing is today, if you want to receive today, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay hands on you. And the anointing of God and the power of God is going to flow into your life. And as I pray and utilize the name of Jesus in my prayer for you, I want you just to receive the anointing to break every problem that's been there. The anointing of God to solve it, to bring it about. I want you to receive it today. Don't wait. See, the issue is that many times we're like, well, when I get this right, I can receive. No, you can receive right now. You turn your heart towards God. You boldly approach the throne as a child. Lord, I give you me. 
And I receive today. I receive. I receive. I believe I have received. So if you want prayer today, I invite you to come up. Come up now. One thing I want you to see is this. There may be, there may be a, a position to receive that we're not really in position yet. And the position may be a hard heart. It may be hard things. It may be sin that you've done. It may seem like it's bigger in your head. But I want you to hear this. Everybody please listen carefully, closely. There is no thing or problem greater than the life of Jesus. There's nothing, nothing you will face that the life of Christ hasn't already handled. There's nothing. And so for us to sit back and not receive from God is to say, Lord, you're not big enough. I can't say that. There's no way I can say it. No, Lord, I receive today. Your life paid the price for it all. And in the name of Jesus, I receive. As we're praying today, if you feel like you need to come up, you come on up at any time. Thank you. I want you just to pray this. Just pray with me right now. Just say, Father, Lord, today I receive. I enter that cycle of your love and I will not leave again. But I receive from you, part one. And I give love back to you, part two. And I receive everything you have for me. I will not be denied, but by faith, I believe you've made it available and I'm grabbing a hold of it now in Jesus' name. Lord, I receive. Just lift your hand, start receiving right now. Just say this with me. Say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Everything you ask me to do, no matter how big or how small, I receive it. Right now, I receive it. Thank you. Just believe that you receive. Believe. Say, Lord, I believe that God brought you back to life. That every chain that tried to hold you down and has tried to hold me down. You broke every bondage, sliced every chain, so that when you raised up Jesus, I was raised with you. There is nothing that wasn't broken in that moment. And I believe that there's a direct connection that when He raised up from the dead, I was raised up with Him in all of your love and all of your power and all of your grace so that nothing can hold me down from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Just lift your hand and say, Lord, I receive. I receive. Now receive it for real. In Jesus' name. You said all of the concerns, all of the cares, cast them away, cast them away, set them all to the side.
receive right now. That anointing is flowing right out of my hand. I can feel it. Ha, ha, ta. Lord, that anointing is going to work. Say that with me. Say, that anointing is working in me. It's working in my heart. It's working in my mind. It's working in my family, in our finances. That anointing, it's working. I've come before your throne, and Lord, I receive. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. In the name of Jesus. In the name. Of Jesus. <laughs> Holy Ghost snort. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, I release everything that would hold me back. Jesus, I'm yours. I'm going to do it your way. And it's going to be easy and light. I believe that I have it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <laughs> In Jesus' name. See, a new day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Healing be in this body now. Body, be well and whole, and the anointing of God reject every fiery dart in Jesus' name. Oh, healed and whole, healed and whole, healed and whole in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Help, 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 help. In Jesus' name. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. The anointing of God. Help, healing, and peace be in every way. In every way. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Anointing of God. Fill and flood his life like never before. Let it go to another level, Lord. In Jesus' name. It's <laughs> In Jesus' name. You feel that? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name is easy. I am 
made in his image. I am made in his likeness. I am the daughter of the king. Is that right? Hey! Yeah, I see a new heart. I see a new heart. Not necessarily talking about a physical one. But I see a new heart rising up in you. One that is so filled with his love. It never concerns itself again with the things that were it was concerned of in the past. But a new heart in Jesus' name. In the name of in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yep, let that anointing start to rise up inside of you. It's going to operate at a different level. You're even going to pray for some of your uh, clients. You're going to pray for them, and you're going to see supernatural power of God. It'll be a testimony. They're going to wonder what has happened in Jesus' name. When the Lord tells you to do it, don't throw it away. Seek Him on how and exactly what to speak, and He'll show you. And it'll be out of these anointed hands in Jesus' name. Two parts of life. Two parts of life. Two parts of life. Things for you to see and things for you to know and things for you to operate in. Make your life easy. Make your life easy. People will wonder, they'll ask, how does this work? How does this work for you? I don't understand why it's so easy, why it's so light, how you have the peace. And what is this peace you have? And you'll say, it's just receiving from God. And you'll know two parts of life, receiving from Him no matter what you see or what you feel. But I can receive from Him. All of a sudden, you'll just receive. and they'll, There'll be people around that struggled with it for years and years. But you'll just receive. Hatsido, kumano, obano, bovini. In the name of Jesus. Ooh, just receive right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, right now, healing and grace be in this body. Grace be in the name of Jesus. Body be whole. Mind be whole in Jesus' name. Grace be. I rebuke every attack that would try to come after her body. It shall not come to pass. Every fiery dot will be quenched. Every weapon formed against her shall not prosper. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive. Yeah, I receive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
In the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, I release it. I release it to you. You got it. You got everything. I just release everything to you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Casting the cares, that's what it is. I just release to receive. I release to receive. Say that with me, everybody. I release the things of the world and the cares to receive. I release them to receive. So God, I release <laughs> to receive. It's a new day and a new chapter, and you're going to see the glory of God. The glory of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. They didn't go to the Goro Aleoso, Aleosofe, Habo Bombado, Banchodo to Rofra Tropi, Hoopi, Head a base, Head a base. I've seen this twice today with two different people, and I do not know or understand it. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to know everything. Say, Lord, I release and I receive. I release and I receive. In Jesus' name. Y'all hold hands. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I call supernatural strength into this marriage and home now in Jesus' name. Supernatural strength. Supernatural strength in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, I don't know anybody who's doing everything right, but this prayer is not just because you're doing something wrong. This, this prayer is because the Lord's wanting to take you to another place. Supernatural strength. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I see that. Thank you, Lord. Let all of those giftings be activated in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Come here, Sharon. Body needy. Hold hands. Same thing. Supernatural strength in this home and in this marriage. Supernatural. Everything of God be unlocked and unleashed in Jesus' name. Everything of God be unlocked and unleashed in the name of Jesus. Everything of God be unlocked and unleashed 
in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I receive your help. Today, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I release it. Can't do it. Potato, come on. <laughs> yeah, peace of God flood you in Jesus' name. Don't just say it in word only. Do it right here. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, breakthrough now, right now. You feel that? Bottom breakthrough now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you asked earlier this week about uh, going hot also. I don't think you're supposed to. I don't know if you've made plans or not. I don't think you're supposed to. I, I don't think you're supposed to. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> hey, joy. Joy in your house like never before. A joy and a peace in your house like never before. <laughs> the things the devil has designed, the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs at. In Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah. Remove thyself. Get thyself out of my life. <laughs> That's the words you need to keep in your mind. I know it's funny, but when that thing comes up, get out of here. Get out of here. In Jesus' name. Say it with me. Say, get out of here. In Jesus' name. Yeah, I received my freedom. In Jesus' name. Same. Get out of here. 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 Yeah, just position yourself to receive now. Say, Lord, I release all of that. Yeah, I release it. All the pain, all the condemnation, every item that's in my past is now in the past. I release it all. And I take your freedom. Things that have tried to hold on. Things that have tried to, to keep a grip. Lord, I reject it. I renounce it. And I release it all. And I have the peace of God. 
the rest of God. I'm made in His image. I'm His son. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anointing of God, break every yoke now. Cause Him to know things in the Spirit and by the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let them see your great love as His Father to to a son. Let them see and sense that now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Mr. Peel, will you come up here? Lord just wants to keep pumping you up, filling you with more and more good stuff. Just get ready to receive. Hey, there's that anointing now. In Jesus' Lord, impart that anointing to a new level. That anointing to take them up now. In Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, He's your man. He's your man. He's your man, CDD, empowered and growing to be who you've called them to be in the name of Jesus. Yeah, pour out on them more, Lord. More now. More. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fire of God. Lord, baptize them in the fire from heaven. The fire of God. In the name of Jesus. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ain't no way you'd have gotten that review a few years ago. Ain't no way. In Jesus' name. Is it? No. That's it. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of it today? You're going to stay positioned to receive. We're going to talk more about reception. And if we talk about reception, you receive that word on reception, you'll be better at reception. You'll stay in that flow of God's love. His love will keep you there. That'll be awesome and awesomer and awesomer. Amen. That's good English. Awesome. It's good English. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Father. 
Finish it up. Yeah, you. <laughs> Everybody else is out. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that we are the righteousness of God. I thank you that you do lead us from triumph to triumph. And so we rest in that fellowship with you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've got a few announcements for you. I need to find it first. We have youth tonight um, from grade 6 to 12. Be there 4 o'clock today here at the church. We have impact on Tuesday nights. Come talk to one of the ELT, um, Deb or Barrett, um, if you're interested in that. Holy Ghost, Spirit-led word every Tuesday night. Um, we also have ladies meeting this Monday, tomorrow at Little Tokyo over by Walmart, 6 o'clock. It's going to be great. I'm really excited for this. Um, Lead 22 starts this Thursday, Thursday through Friday. Um, register if you have, what, Thursday, yeah, Thursday through Saturday. If you haven't registered, make sure to register for that. It's going to be powerful. Lots of leadership principles, um, spirit-filled leadership principles. And Kickstart is next week, guys. Next week. Also register for that um, if you haven't already, just so we can get the numbers, even though we all know we're all going to be here. Make sure to register for that. Um, and then what Pastor was saying, we also have the broadcast, 1130, Monday through Friday. Every word is anointed and on time, so make sure to prioritize that as well. And I know Pastor sent it on the line last night, but if you're wanting to go to lunch, Highway 55 today. Yes, be blessed. Amen. Thank you.